The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> it's probably like getting great 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. I am happy to be joined this week by Hill Varsity's Deputy Editor, Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, hello. How are you? I'm good. I like sniffed my nose like right as you're introing this podcast. So my apologies to anyone if you heard that. I just good perfect timing on my part is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Aaron, are you a big zombie TV show person? I ask this because a new show came out on HBO Max last Sunday um, that is an adaptation of a video game Mm -hmm. that like came about when the Walking Dead started and all. Maybe I have my timeline wrong and somebody's going to yell at me. But like my understanding is it came about when like The Walking Dead started and all of the like craze and obsession with zombie fiction storytelling like blew up. And so now we have this this new show and I have yet to watch the new show. But instead, I restarted watching The Walking Dead and now I'm like full in on zombie horror television. Um so you're not in that space. I am not a zombie uh, fan. I like zombie show or movie fan. I also just don't like really like like horror. Now I understand like zombie is not so much horror. It can be a little bit more action like sci-fi. So like I'm not saying, but like I tend to gravitate toward a lot of more like comedy. And um, I guess like the action shows that we do watch is more like Breaking Bad. Um, that kind like and even that sometimes can get intense uh, like ozark and different things but no i haven't gotten into the zombie world yet i'm trying to find ways to sort of like scratch the like the tv itch of not having football to watch and i'm really not into basketball yet this season which is interesting Mm. because i maybe it's like not being able to watch the thunder I don't have NBA league pass this year, whereas I've had it in previous years. Um, I just haven't really gotten into college basketball yet. Maybe it'll kick up like next month when we get closer to the start of conference tournament play. Um, and I'm just like missing football. So I've been, you know, I've had the TV on just as background noise. I've rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender like three times in the mm. last month. Um, and I'm just kind of like looking for for something um but like this was this was a good week if if you have a a football itch that needed to be scratched this was a good week uh for nebraska so they have um, 
well, they uh, timeline wise, I mean, I guess it was expected, but Xavier Betts is back on the roster. Mm-hmm. We talked about him. Um, Nebraska is basically turning into Georgia North. <laughs> they have got two former five-star recruits and Georgia players uh, to commit to Nebraska in the last week. One of them a tight end, one of them a edge rusher, linebacker, mm-hmm. inside linebacker. I've got it up. He's a linebacker. Um, yep. I want to talk to you about both of those guys. But first, let's just start with like broad strokes. Nebraska's recruiting well under Matt Rule. Yeah. Why? So far, so good. Um, gosh, I mean, right now, I, I, I was just reading. So the latest issue of Hill Varsity will be hitting uh, mailboxes very soon. Um, it just went to print this week. And Mike... Babcock's letter was talking about was it his letter or is a column regardless one of his two amazing things that he wrote for the latest issue um he was talking about how this is sort of like the time to be excited this is the time for the hype and everything that comes with it and to a degree that's going to be a part of you know what is creating this excitement around Nebraska and what Matt rule is able to do with that. I think this is, this is that time you, there's no better time than right now than to build on that momentum and excitement that everyone has. Um, Obviously what we're also seeing though, is the connections of this staff. Matt rule has a lot of connections across the country. Uh, He has not shied away from using them at this point. Neither has his staff. Um, They're out on the, the road recruiting about as heavily as they can be. And, you know, I think that he has shown what he can do at Temple and at Baylor. Uh, Obviously, like he's somebody who builds. And so I think a lot of people, a lot of these players have seen that they're excited about that and they want, they, they want to buy in now. And yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's probably where we're seeing a lot of that right now is he, he is an experienced recruiter now, you know, obviously he's been, in the NFL for a period of time, but that doesn't mean he's like forgotten how to do any of this. And clearly not because he's, he's making a pretty good sell for Nebraska. So I think it's kind of a combination of things. He's really taking advantage of the excitement right now around Nebraska, but then he also has a lot of connections. He, he knows where to look and who to go after. I think he's tweeted more times in the last month than I have in the last year. Um, <laughs> he same for him though, too. Like he has tweeted. So obviously in the NFL, they don't use social media like they do in college sports. A couple of the coaches have talked about that already. It's just like, they don't use it the same way. Uh, so you go and look at his social media, that's like the ramp up of it. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely very, uh, whether or not it's his like, Forte, he's definitely leaning into it. <laughs> okay, so I have a tweet pulled up. Um, yeah. I I need you to uh, I need you to translate this for me. We've got a plane emoji, a diamond emoji, a house emoji, the American flag, music, eyeballs, two faces, and a bus. I have to go find it. At, it, it flying. To find diamonds to bring the them rough. home in America while blasting tunes <laughs> and using your eyeballs to look at people on a bus. Is that 
What's your what's your translation of some of Matt Rule's emoji tweets? I love them, by the way. They're incredible. We got a bunch so, of them I'm gonna talk to you about next, but like translate this, this tweet for me. <laughs> this one was only made a little bit more clear because of the person who quote tweeted it. He was talking about going to see Will Compton and Bustin with the boys, which is the end part. So he was on the flight to look for like basically he was going to Nashville, which is like why you get the American flag and the music emojis, because that's the heart of country music is Nashville. So he was going, he was on a flight to like basically go to Nashville and he was going to go see Boston with the boys. Um, like I said, Will Compton quote tweeted him that helped, but even since then he's tweeted a couple of times wearing Boston with the boys gear. So he gave, he got, that one was a little bit easier because of the things that followed it up. Not all of them are that easy. Um, but yeah, that one, we got a little bit of help, the context with it, but I will say some of his staff have said that they don't always know what he's talking about. Um, everything is intentional. Um, and I can share some of like the info that I put together. So my husband is a like Excel wizard and he had to help and he was getting so frustrated because Matt rule has used so many emojis once. Like it's like 50 some emojis have only ever been used by him once in like a two month period. So he is like going deep in the emoji archives here. Like he is not just like, oh, star fire. Like he's like, what's the most random He's scrolling emojis? through. He's not sticking in the recents. No. And he uses like, the thing is, is like he's used different hearts. So if people have never realized there's two red hearts and he's used one once and people might be like, oh, well, that was a mistake. No, he's intentionally used the other red heart multiple times. So he specifically chose that other one for some reason that he needed that other red heart versus the original that he'd been using multiple times. So that's what I'm saying is like everything's intentional, whether or not he quite knows what he's saying with them. He's picking them intentionally. Like there's a method in his mind to his madness, but I, and, I know and, you asked and, about this other one. <laughs> well, and, and just before that, we're certain that this is Matt Rule tweeting. Like he's like pulling out his phone, opening the Twitter app and tweeting, right? This is not like he's got an assistant and he's pawing social media off on the assistant. Yes. Yeah, so we know that like he is doing this at this point. Um, I did joke that maybe his daughters are helping him, um, but he he from what i understand is doing this like he i would be curious to know how much he runs his own twitter account obviously once you start to get into the season i can't imagine i'm sure he'll hand that off to his chief of staff but especially because he hasn't had a full staff hired yet um he's really been kind of doing this on his own and i think the way the reason we know this to be true why it's him is because he did say when he goes out and sees recruits, they'll tell him, hey, will you tweet this? Will you share these these emojis? And he does. And it's kind of like this, you know, wink, not like nudge between him and that that individual. So he's doing this all intentionally. And sometimes it's coming from recruits who are asking him, hey, will you tweet that? And he's just like, yep, sure thing. <laughs> so like I, we know like Malachi Coleman had asked him to tweet a couple of things or at least one thing. And so he's he's very much in control right now how much control he has like i said once like the actual season gets here and things get busier maybe he'll pull out his phone here and there but i i'm guessing he won't be quite like if he starts like tweeting emojis during a game obviously that's not him unless you look on the sideline and he's like <laughs> that would be that'd be amazing 
that would be the the only appropriate way to close out an era of absurdity in Nebraska football. Coach tweeting on the sideline. Um, yeah. Only way. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't believe what I just eyeball emoji and then three bunny emojis. Some in the comments think that this is in reference to Malachi Coleman at the Polynesian Bowl. Darn near beating uh, who is believed to be the fastest recruit in the class in a in a 40. Um, some of the comments believe that maybe Matt Rule was at a basketball game watching somebody who then later picked up a Nebraska offer. Um, and then a lot of people are just like, this is recruiting related somewhere. Um, do you have a translation for the bunny emojis? I think he's saying the person was speedy. Like, I do think that is what he was. So that would be Malachi. So Malachi makes the most sense to me, but I did see some people who were talking about, maybe he's talking about like a recruit specifically, like you're saying that maybe he's talking about a speedy wide receiver that he saw or also hops Hops make sense. Maybe somebody dunked a couple of times in a basketball. Hops make sense. I do think my 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 gut reaction is if he would respond to it as I'm thinking he was watching the Polynesian Bowl and watching the like I think it was workouts or whatever it was like that's what it makes the most sense um especially knowing the relationship that he has built with Malachi so quickly um so that would be my gut reaction but then like if he like eventually is like oh yeah it actually i was watching some tiktok videos and uh they did a magic trick and it was unreal like that also i guess wouldn't surprise me i would be like yeah sure sure thing (laughs) um i love this i love that we're talking about this this is this is wonderful and I feel we, like, like I of- said, I told you this too. For anyone who's a subscriber, Hill, subscriber to Hill Varsity, which you should be, the latest issue has a two-page infographic, which our designer did a great job laying out. But my husband had to help, kind of like collect, like take this data and like kind of do something with it. But it's entirely on his emoji use and like how it kind of like chaotic it feels. But like when you start to break it down based on like what he uses the most versus what he doesn't, you start to see some trends. Like he really likes stars. That's it. Those are his like favorite emojis. Um, it just kind of helps you start to get a sense for like, oh, he's looking for these intentionally. Like he's not just going in there and like going, sure, sure, sure. He's like, yep, this is the one because the ones that kind of end up in his top 10, you're like, Oh yeah, there there's, there's a method to this madness. Even if we don't know what it all means. I have an idea for you. Replace the crossword puzzle. And just with emoji. One of the upcoming issues. Get with Matt rule and create a cipher. So it's just a grid of emojis. And there is a message from Matt rule in this grid of emojis. And he gives you a couple of, you know, like this emoji equates to this letter, this emoji equates, and it's just a cipher that you have to solve. That replaces the crossword puzzle for a month. I feel like he would get on board with that. He would. He's like, the thing is, is like, I can imagine with him that he is going to be, I've had this conversation with people a couple of times now since his hiring where they've asked me for his opinion or my, for my opinion on him. And I have no idea what is going to come or not come from him and what he's able to do on the field. And obviously that's going to be more important than any of this at the end of the day. But for right now, 
he's a really, really nice person who clearly wants to have fun with a lot of these things. Like he's trying sincerely to make connections with people. When he said, I'm going to be out in the community, he meant that he's out having dinner where people can see him with his family. Um, he is very much like utilizing social media as much as he, and I think that there's something about like, for instance, him tweeting a photo of his office and his nameplate. And there's a really like kind of funny note stuck to the side that says, this is the office. If you need to write a note on send to someone in the stadium, just ask um, his one of his daughters, essentially. And he just takes a photo of it and tweets seven year olds rule. And like, I don't know, you kind of get this like understanding of like who he is. He's definitely opening up the like, doors of like who he is a little bit for people to get to know him and again none of this matters at the end of the day when it comes to win or wins or losses and so like I get the people who are like I don't want to spend time thinking about this but football in any sport should be fun at the end of the day and if you're not having fun you shouldn't be doing it you shouldn't be coaching you shouldn't be playing you shouldn't do any of that and the fact that he's having a lot of fun right now it's it's fun as a consumer of this to just observe and be around so well, he's, I, he's I do enjoyed. I do stand his daughter so like I hope that they take over the program <laughs> he, he's engaging <laughs> and the success that they are having so far makes that engagement fun like mm-hmm. they're missing on all these people you might get a handful of the enough with the emojis win a recruiting battle tweets but like they're winning they're piling up some wins the first of which I want to start with with Eric Gilbert former five-star tight end he signed with LSU Mm-hmm. Uh, three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, a 2020 class. Um, spent a couple seasons at LSU, transfers to Georgia, wins a national championship with Georgia. We spent one season at LSU, two seasons at Georgia, excuse me. Um, wins a national championship at Georgia. He plays behind Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers. So, like, no big deal. He doesn't have really any production at Georgia, mm-hmm. but you can pretty easily explain why he doesn't have any production at Georgia. Um, this is always the, you know, the case with the transfer portal is you get this highly recruited player who doesn't really have a ton of, we'll call him counting stats to his name. And you say, okay, well, has it been circumstance? Has it been him just maybe being a little bit overvalued on the recruiting trail, a little bit of a combination of both. I personally think with Eric Gilbert, he just hasn't had the opportunity. And I think with Nebraska, the chance to to have a, a, a two tight end duo with Thomas Fedoni and Eric Gilbert is absolutely insane to think about. Um, what were your initial thoughts whenever this commitment landed, whenever you know news broke that Nebraska is getting this former five-star number one tight end in, in his respective class? Well, I'll just sum it up. A friend of mine who's an LSU fan texted me almost immediately and was like, enjoy the Eric Gilbert show. (laughs) So I think that that pretty much sums it up of how even an LSU fan who watched him then transfer um, felt about it. But, you know, there are certain there are certain things I think Nebraska fans are probably like salivating over right now. And like it's things like hearing that they're going to run the ball. But like the tight end piece of it is really back, full back, full back, bringing back the fullback. Um, But I think, you know, tight ends are a big deal for Nebraska. Like, I don't know how many times you'd hear about like, I mean, you saw what 
you think of like what Austin Allen could have done, which is like a little bit different of a scheme, like just a little bit of a different, but he was still very productive. But yeah, I'm I'm really eager to see what their their plan is for the tight ends but like clearly this is an area where like they're not just going to use eric gilbert as a blocker like i understand that that's like a big piece of like the no block no rock type of like mentality for many teams but like you're building something here intentionally if you're looking for a guy like eric gilbert and then you hope that someone like thomas fedoni can get fully healthy and then that's a really interesting duo in that um but yeah i mean he needs this he needs the space to be able to play eric gilbert like you said he he was he didn't have kind of that space at georgia so imagine if like they're able to really kind of i know they say they're going to run the ball they will but obviously you're going to need to throw a little bit to eric gilbert um it just would be like i'm excited to see like what he can do with someone like casey thompson i don't know like or I guess like Jeff Sims, but like, I still think the job is Casey Thompson's unless like he chooses it not to be <laughs> essentially. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see, this is the part of like, when I talk about the excitement and sort of the unknowns and why everyone's kind of just like taking it for what it is right now is there's, there's just kind of a lot of also like unknown at this point where you like can sit there and be like, I'm excited to, to see what he can do. But that's the reality of it we can guess what kind of offense they're going to run. We can guess what kind of defense they're going to run based on like what they have done in the past. But like, until we see it, we don't fully know what's going to transpire. So I'm excited to see what someone like Eric Gilbert can do. The other guy that they added, um, MJ Sherman from Georgia. He's also a former more five-star depending on uh, what like recruiting service you look at. I think he was a five-star with just two, four, seven, uh, 247 composite, which is the industry generated. He's a four star, mm-hmm. but he's a top 50 prospect. Very, very good recruit. Yes. Um, highly sought after player coming out of high school. Goes to Georgia, spends three years with the Bulldogs, wins <laughs> two national championships, which is <laughs> incredible. Um, he only had 15 career tackles, though, and 39 appearances. I've got him tabbed as a as an edge rusher, and this was a position of need for Nebraska because you lose Caleb Tanner, you lose Garrett Nelson, and you lose Oshawn Mathis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they have taken big swings in the transfer portal. And <laughs> aside from whatever happened with Oklahoma at the last minute, um, they've largely hit on those swings. Yeah. Does that surprise you? No, I do want to just say really quick, when the Sherman stuff happened, I saw some people who were tweeting about M. Sherman, and I was like, what did Mitch Sherman do? The Nebraska athletic writer for The Athletic, if anyone is unfamiliar, I'm sure you all are. I don't need to tell you who Mitch Sherman is, but I'm like, what did Mitch Sherman do? Um, Not the M. Sherman that we're talking about here, M.J. Sherman. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of, like, so obviously, like you said, this is an area of need for Nebraska. We know that right off the bat. So if you're someone like him, who's looking for a spot to potentially walk in, be a starter from day one, make an immediate impact, Nebraska is a place for that. Like that is a, that is right off the bat. Now, having talked to Tony white, we know that like he is not married to a three, three, five. Like, obviously he was very clear. That's like his defense, but uh, he'll do whatever to win. It doesn't matter. Like it, like 
I think that, you know, we have to ask these questions like, do you, are you planning on running a three, three, five? Because like, that's just the questions you ask in those, like getting to know you scenarios. But often like once the question has been asked, it really doesn't need to be asked again at this point, because yeah, Eric Schneider typically ran a three, four defense, but every so often they would be in a different front. Like actually they were more often in a different front, I should say, especially through the, through the years with them. Um, but like for someone for someone like Sherman, when you think of like what like a three three five could be for him, you need you need to be athletic. You need to be a you three 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 fives. Like I love this. I just wanted to like throw this out there. The way that it is in like summed up is a high risk, high reward type of defense. That is just like if you're going to sum it up, that is what it is. Um, and it you you need athleticism and he's an athletic guy so when you're losing people like a caleb tanner a garrett nelson oshawn mathis and you're looking to replace that regardless of what front you run you're going to need you're going to need athletic guys whether it's your linemen your linebackers whatever that that front is going to have to be very very athletic and yeah, I think he fits that bill. So I think if you're him and you're looking at like the style of defense that Tony White typically runs and you're kind of looking at like, well, I want to play right away. Nebraska seems to kind of check the boxes for him right off the bat. Again, this is just face value. We we won't know exactly what Tony White runs until Tony White gets into Big Ten play. But like at the same time, seem, seems like a good fit overall. What 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 in you in your estimation? What was the 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 most impactful get of the last like week and a half? Eric Gilbert committing six foot five versatile tight end that can do a bunch of different things. MJ Sherman, former five star edge rusher at a position of need. We're getting Xavier Betts back to the program. Um, Xavier is a big deal. I'll come back to Xavier in a set in a second. I think from a area of need, I think MJ Sherman is the biggest get. I think, I think he, that is an area like they needed him. So that's fantastic. Um, and I'm not saying that Xavier is not needed. They definitely need wide receivers, but what we know about Xavier to date is that he is somebody who wants to be known for more than just being a football player. He, he is, he he likes football, but he is not like football is not everything to him. And there is nothing wrong with that. I, I just I think, you know, he is somebody who was very open about his own mental health journey and just his own like adjustments to college. There's it's a big change. And he had a lot of change. And I think having Matt rule, get him back in the fold for Nebraska. In my opinion, it doesn't matter if Xavier Betts ever plays a snap for Nebraska at this point, if they can bring him into an environment where he feels supported and he is around people that want the best for him and see the best in him, then it's a win no matter what, because that is a good teammate, regardless of how much playing time that they have. Like he can be a huge asset to this team, regardless of his production on the field. And I understand that there are people who are going to disagree with me and they're going to go, Oh, he better, you know, play and yes, they need wide receivers. So that's a big deal too. 
But I think that Matt Rule getting him back in the fold is more of a testament to who Matt Rule is and his coaches and who they are and what their intentions are for Xavier. Because, again, Xavier is somebody who's always been about he is not just a football player. He is more than that. He has other things that he's interested in, other things that matter to him. And I think especially as we've watched certain football players, whether it's at Nebraska or beyond, and not just football, any sport, as we hear people talk more and more about their mental health and their just, I think of, to switch to volleyball for a second, I think of Whitney Lonstein, who just, you know, made the decision to step away from Nebraska volleyball for her own mental health and for her own reasonings, because she just kind of felt like she couldn't give everything she had to it. We need to be mindful that these athletes at the end of the day are still people. And so I think, again, for me, Xavier is a big deal in the sense of like what that means as far as the relationship building with role and who like in this team. Um, But as far as like, if we're going to talk about impact player, I think MJ Sherman is probably that person based on where he's at. Um, But Xavier is also a big deal for, like I said, almost an entirely different reason. Well, and I mean, we, you know, we've seen, we've seen him make an impact in a Nebraska uniform. Um, Mm -hmm. We've we've seen him look like a a possible um, star wide out in the big 10 in a Nebraska Mm -hmm. uniform. And I, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how much you can or, or can't speak to sort of how this situation came to be. But like, I, the thing that I have kind of been thinking about is like, you obviously, you know, when you're in a position like the one Matt Rule was in, when you're, when you're a head coach of a football team, obviously like your bottom line is you need to win football games. And so you need yeah. to do what's best f- to, for, for you to be able to reach that goal. Um, but you also sort of take on a moral obligation with bringing kids from all over the country away from homes to your program to take care of those kids in whatever way that entails. And so obviously when you have a, a player like Xavier Betts, like you want to do what's right by that player and you want to take care of that person. Um, there's also, I also wonder like in situations like this with coaches is there ever a thought that creeps into their head where they say, or it, maybe that they have to like sit and really think about this and say like this player, if we know like he is willing to step away from football, does that change the way that we are able to sort of like structure our offense? Like, does that, does that change the way or should that change the way we sort of prioritize him in the order because if if hypothetically if you take a player and you make that player a focal point of your offense or somebody that you're really going to rely upon and you have to run the risk of potentially not having that player just sort of abruptly that puts you in stress and that can change some things and so maybe as a coach i would imagine there are a handful of coaches out there who would say well, I don't feel like I can rely on this player as much as I can rely on this guy who maybe isn't as good. So this guy's going to be my number one. And then whatever we get from this guy is gravy. I don't necessarily think that Matt rule would do that, but I do think that that's an interesting discussion worth having from a purely football standpoint is like, what should expectations be for Xavier Betts? Is he going to be a player that just immediately steps right in and has a starting role and is relied upon and is like a top, targeted 
option in this past game? Or do they kind of maybe like ease him into things just to just to make sure that everybody's on the same page, just to make sure that they're building um, in the right way? I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to like belittle or devalue sort of the personal yes. side of it, but there is a football conversation that has to be had there that's uncomfortable. There is, but I would say this is why, and there, there are some people out there who really don't like that this is how it is, but it just is, is sports have changed. For the people who want like to go back in my day, it was tough as nails and this and that and this, like that is not how it is anymore. Like that's not to say that none of these young men and women on all of these teams are not tough as nails. That's not it, it at all. And it's not saying that they won't give their blood, sweat and tears and everything else for a team. But there is a different level of expectation with how coaches can coach. And you can't just be an asshole to be an asshole anymore. Like you, you have to like did the well being. Did you see the Tim Brewster clip in the Colorado uh, meeting room that yeah. went viral on social yeah. media? And the interesting thing was, as I watched the reaction to that, it was, I saw a couple of people. So Josh Mitchell, who was a former Nebraska, who played for Nebraska, he, he, he tweeted about it and was just like, this is like, he basically was saying like, this is so, so goofy. Like there's I thought only he had a, the best comment on the whole thing. Yeah. He basically said like, yeah, there's like a handful that get like really excited by this stuff, but most of them, the bonding happens when they go to the locker room and they're all making fun of it essentially. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing that I, you know, Okay. I'm going to take Marquise Buford. He was dancing after Nebraska's win over Rutgers last fall. And at the time I hadn't shared the video on TikTok or anywhere because like, I, I just like, I think I shared it on Twitter, but like, I just kind of held on to it. And I just recently shared it on TikTok and someone was like, why are they doing this? And another person thankfully came along and was like, cause sports are fun. Like, because you should be allowed to have fun. And I think that that is sometimes that is like something that is like happening where people are kind of grasping with this, where it's like, just because you dance or just because you have a good time or you don't care about football 24 seven doesn't mean you don't care about football. And so I think what you're bringing up is a good conversation to have. And it is one that like Matt rule and coaches all across the country are going to have to grapple with of like, how do you, you know, how do you balance the person, the personal side of things also with the football side? So you have this situation with Xavier where like you want ever, you want the best for him. You want his well-being to be cared for first and foremost, but you also need to be able to rely on whomever is going to step into that role. And I think that like the biggest thing that you have to do is just keep open lines of communication. And I think that that is something in my limited time getting to know him, but from also hearing other people that is really important to Matt Rule is communication. So if you are going to rely on Xavier Betts, you're not going to him and being like, Xavier, here's the deal. I need to trust you. Are you going to say like, you're not doing that. You're having, you're sitting down and having meetings with him where you talk about his role in the team, what the expectations are, where you see him fitting. And does he see the same thing for himself? And if he says, yes, this is what I expect. Then you have that conversation every week where you're like, Hey, how are you still feeling today? You need to have open, consistent communication between coaches and their players. You can't just expect them to just like, be a one conversation and done scenario where you're like, well, he said he was in or he wasn't in like, and I understand a head coach can't be having that conversation with every single player on their team when you have rosters of 150 people, but that's where you put the expectation in your position coaches to also be the eyes and ears and experts and know how to handle their rooms. And that's why with everybody who was talking about, um, 
Nebraska's new wide receivers coach, um, being as young as he is, like you have people who are like, well, how's he going to, he probably is going to be able to relate better to most of these players than anyone else. And probably having most recently played himself probably has a deeper understanding of what they're going through and what they're feeling in that moment. And that's not to say like anybody who's over a certain age doesn't, but again, the way that coaching has evolved and changed that is what it has evolved and changed. And that, that does upset some people. I, it, there's nothing I can do to like fix that in somebody's perspective. If you don't like that, you don't like that, but it is the way it is. And coaches are having to adapt. So all of that to say, when it comes to Xavier, I think, you know, if, if he is the guy he's practicing incredibly well, he's putting himself in the position to be your number one guy. You rely on him, but you better keep those lines of communication open and make sure that you're both on the same page. I think that's the most important thing. And I think then like, that's just a relationship built on trust between both parties. When you can sit down and say, I'm putting all of this trust in you because we see that potential, but I also want to keep checking in with you. That's just being a good human being too. That was a, a, a wonderful way to answer uh, a question that probably could have been phrased better. I just want to be clear. I'm not. No, I, like, I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't want to come off like saying that Xavier Betts is not reliable for taking time to prioritize himself. This is not like a Kyrie Irving situation. Like I, I still think he's, I still think he's a reliable player, but it's also, you know, that's like a, a thought that has to, has to be um, sort of discussed amongst the coaching staff. It's just like, you know, I think there's a balance right now. It's like that old saying to whom much is given much is expected. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a little bit of that balance. And I think we're, sort of trying to when I say we I think like college football landscape is still sort of trying to find that balance um yeah and I don't think like I, I think what you're asking I don't think you're saying at all that he's unreliable it's just more or less like I think for somebody who's a coach you your job at the end of the day is to win games and you have to set yourself up and your team up in the best way possible to make that goal to accomplish that goal. And so you need to make sure that all cylinders are firing together. And so if you have someone and it might not even be Xavier, it could be anyone. If they're not, if they're not, if they're having a time where they're struggling or things aren't, you need to know that because you need to be able to, you don't want to put somebody out in a field who's not ready to be there for whatever reason. And I, I, so I think of, um, the Iowa basketball player that just stepped away um, for their own, for his own mental health. Like if he returns, I don't think anyone's going to be like, you know, but it's, it's not so much the conversation of, and this is why I'm saying, I don't think you're calling Xavier unreliable. It's not that anyone's going, you're unreliable. It's that people are saying, we want to make sure that you are in the best place, that you are in the best place, not just for the team and to win, even though that is the goal, but because, it's not fair to you either as an individual if you're not 100% into it. If you're if your heart's not there right now or if you need time, we need to make sure that we're on the same page. And I think that's where coaching is going is being able to step back and be like, I got to keep these lines of communication open. I can't just sit there and be like, if you're not in, you're out. Because, you know, we're starting to really see we're starting to really dive into the psychology of sports and the psychology of the individuals more than just being entertainment machines on a field or on a court it's a 
we need to care for the person just as much as the sport. Now the goal of the sport is to win, but you still aren't going to get there if your athletes are not taken care of. So it's all this like harmonious thing. So again, for the people who don't like that, I don't know what to tell you. It's just more or less like if accomplished well, it will do the thing that you want, which is win. And at the end of the day, that's what most people care about. So I always laugh at the, if you're not in, you're out comments because they just read to me like an ultimatum and nowhere anywhere and like any any setting do ultimatums typically work um not usually <laughs> when, it, when it comes to like partnerships relationships between people they just don't don't typically work so mm -hmm. that's always been funny to me um what's coming aaron you, you've kind of like teased the magazine a little bit do a little bit more. What's coming in the magazine? What am I well, this? so this issue is pretty like for people who want to know more about rule. Um, Brady Altman's has a great story on kind of his path, like where he's been and where he's going and kind of uh, looping that in with all of the people he's brought with him. It's really great. And obviously there's deeper dives into Matt rule and kind of what to expect at, at this point in time, uh, knowing that, there, we don't know everything. There's only so much we do know. So there's a lot about Matt Rule and this coaching staff and this issue. So if you're somebody who wants to dive more into just like, what can I expect? What is available? You know, to me, knowledge-wise on this staff, like this issue really dives into that. And then, of course, as always, there's um, basketball notebooks. So you'll get a little bit on the women's and the men's team. Um, wrestling because, you know, wrestling photos because Nebraska's wrestling team um, is fantastic. In fact, for anyone, depending on when you're listening to this, I really encourage you to keep up with the wrestling team. What Mark Manning and that team is doing is always outstanding. Um, but they're, they're very, very good. So, you know, we try to cover it all in the magazine, but I understand football kind of is the big thing right now because of the new coaching staff. So don't worry. That's all very much there, but you'll get a little bit of everything else too. Um, I even in hot reads wrote about Georgia joining the back-to-back -back national champion club, which is really fascinating because if they end up somehow getting back to the national championship in uh, 2020 for the 2024 national championship game. What would, if they somehow win that, they would be the first to win a three peat since Minnesota in like the thirties, I think. Um, that's why when Nebraska got so close in the nineties, that was such an even bigger deal because of like what that would have meant. So it'll be interesting to see if Georgia can pull that off. So there's always like a ton of like interesting stuff in the magazine that just kind of dives into the sports you love, but then even just a little bit more. Sorry, I just rolled my eyes for people that are watching this on YouTube. Uh, I just got sent a tweet that apparently Jaden Rashada is visiting Colorado. Um, it's fine. Okay. I always like I always laugh at the people who are watching, not laugh at, laugh for the people who are watching on YouTube because like I. And you could diagnose this a million different ways. So please don't like it's my doctor would need to diagnose me. But like, I probably have some level of like ADHD because I can't focus on one thing at a time. So I'm like anyone who's watching me on YouTube, I'm like looking at my phone. I'm doing this. I'm looking here because I just can't ever like my brain can't focus on like one thing at a time. So I'm probably only like watching Same. like people probably don't realize like my eyes are watching like cars driving by on the street. Like well, you're setting yourself up for failure if you're sitting right in front of a window where you can be openly distracted and people watch. 
Well, um, but this window is perfect because I can see a whole bunch of my street. So it's very entertaining because uh, depending on what's going on, I always have the neighborhood, uh, the latest on the neighborhood gossip. This Rashada recruitment is a mess, has been a mess. Um, so am good. I allowed to say that I'm very excited for Deion Sanders at Colorado? Like, like, is um, that okay? You might upset some, you might upset some Nebraska fans. Um, like, maybe, like, I'm not necessarily excited for like Colorado to be super cool, but like Deion Sanders is awesome. Did you see the video that he tweeted? Um, we're recording this on a Friday. The video that he tweeted Thursday night after they flipped uh, Cormani McLean, he's basically dancing in front of a window. Like it was, it was amazing. It was incredible. Here's the thing that I will say about someone like Deion Sanders. And like, I just want to say like, I need people to like, this is important because like, don't, don't believe that I'm comparing, comparing these individuals. Like they're not the same people, but like when people talked about like what Mike Leach did for football and how he was so entertaining and how he was just so interesting. And he kind of like allowed for like a, you know, different points of view and perspectives and he was just very funny um i really enjoy people who clearly enjoy what they do like i i think that that is beneficial for the sport for any sport as a whole when you have coaches and players who so clearly very much love what they do and you may not like the individual or you may not feel strongly about the individual but it's hard not at least for me to look at someone like Deion sanders and go you know it's clear he loves coaching football and he loves doing this and loves being around it and that will at the end of the day be good for the sport regardless of your personal feelings on him i have no qualms with people who clearly enjoy their jobs so that is my takeaway with him is that it is not, it is, it is, it is, I, how would I say this? It is not a bad thing that he loves his job. <laughs> no, I was watching him. He did a, a TV spot um, with a CBS talk show and he said he wanted to, to become the first black head coach to win a, a college football national championship. Can we get Deion Sanders to do that? Just not Colorado to do that? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, like, can we get that to happen? Just not call. Although, that's what, like, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> it is so f fun to kind of watch certain programs kind of, and we don't know, we have no idea what will or will not be with Colorado, but like kind of how some people talk about like how it would, you know, Nebraska being good makes the sport more fun. So can Nebraska please be good again? Um, like there is something about, you know, Nebraska getting ready to travel to Colorado in 2023 and already feeling that animosity where I'm like, oh, this this just takes you back to the Big 12, the old days, the Big 12. So it, you know, and it is like that's the kind of stuff where I'm just like, you know, <laughs> for what it's worth, it, it'll, it'll just be a good time. And do we want to see Deion Sanders take, you know, Colorado to a national championship probably not a lot of people are like signing up for that but it would be hard like it would be very entertaining to see him do it though because people would be very like the amount of people who'd be very mad about it it would be it would be something mostly because it would be it would I, I, so, okay so here's a question for people listening Deion Sanders takes Colorado to a national championship where he faces Alabama and Nick Saban 
who the hell do you root for in that game? <laughs> <laughs> who do you yeah, root for in that game? Well, and that's like what's so interesting. And like, actually, I'm really like, okay, so we could end up on this whole thing. But I, this is what I think about when I think of someone like Matt Roll and the way that he's approaching things from his Twitter account and the way he goes about things and just trying to be more personable and like, is the way that like coaches, newer coaches in the sport have changed and will continue to change how people do their jobs nick saban has always kind of like they do that like feature every year on espn where they like show you he takes the new recruits or the new incoming players excuse me to his lake house and they drive the boat and they do all of that stuff and it's so much fun it's how he gets to know the players and stuff but like nick saban still also has a lot of like kind of old school viewpoints where he's like not super into the nil stuff he's not you know super into social media he kind of like he's still he but like depending on how much longer Nick Saban coaches I wouldn't be surprised if we don't start to see some of that change probably less because of him but more because of the people around him to try to meet kind of in the middle with some of these newer viewpoints because if you saw like a Dion versus a Nick Saban a Dion Sanders versus a Nick Saban scenario the way that the two of them pro- approach coaching is different and that's fine everybody coaches differently um but just even the way that they like present themselves in public are very different um so like that would be interesting to see like does Nick Saban become a little bit more loose kind of like his Aflac commercial uh loose like does he <laughs> so yeah it would be it would be wild <laughs> No, I kind of feel like Nick Saban is just going to retire before that happens. Maybe, maybe what he's maybe what he's hoping for is Bill O'Brien leaves to take the Patriots job, and then he can he can replace both of his coordinators, and then he can he can sort of like work around his oldness by hiring some younger uh, coordinators that are like more interested in doing some of that stuff, and then he can pawn those responsibilities off on them and just worry about coaching the football team. Not responsibilities, but like they can do that and handle the new age stuff and Nick Saban can just continue to coach football. That would be Yeah. That's that would kind be of what my I'm saying. How he handles it. I think I think he 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 will always kind of be who he is, but I wouldn't be surprised if the people around him don't kind of be like, hey, we're gonna kind of do some stuff over here. Just don't worry about it. Don't check your Twitter account. He doesn't does he he doesn't still have a Twitter account, does he? At some point somebody's gotta I have no idea. Pull that man no on idea. Twitter if he's not already. I'm Googling it. He definitely would not well, run his own Twitter account. That definitely would be an assistant running his Twitter account. Oh, for 100%. sure. 100%. Yeah, no, somebody needs to because like everything that is out there is like fake fan accounts and stuff. So at the very least, just like somebody lock that down. So like and if he has one and I just can't find it by Googling, so be it. He has a private Twitter account that isn't verified that you have to request to follow and is only like That'd be amazing. 200 people. <laughs> You know members. everybody is he's recruiting entirely because it's the only people he's following. <laughs> <laughs> but no one can get accepted to like follow him, so you would never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, I'll let you go. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It was uh, this was this was a fun conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Keep reading hillvarsity.com, guys. Go to hillvarsity.com backslash subscribe. Use the promo code varsity. Make sure you get yourself hooked up so that you don't miss another magazine, so that you can read all of the premium stuff on the website. So you can just keep track of everything. I was looking at the main page. There's volleyball, there's some basketball, there's some women's basketball on there. So it's not just football going on right now. So you can keep tabs on on all things Huskers. Um, yeah. Shout out to you guys for listening to this every week. Shouts to Cam for producing this episode every week and, and to Aaron for, 
for being on and we'll talk to you guys next week. Huda Media Production.